Next Chapter Podcasts. The 500. The 500. J.A.M. been walking us down through that 2012 edition, so it ain't nothing to you. Hundreds more to go and in need of a friend. The king of these for Angelo. Talking the 500 until the end. Talking the 500 until the end. With my man J.M. On the 500. Talking the 500 until the end. She's got everything we like for. She's got everything I need. Takes the wheel when I'm seeing double. Pays my ticket when I speak. The song is Sugar Magnolia. It is from American Beauty, written by the Grateful Dead from 1970. It's also number 261 out of 500. On my podcast, The 500, with who? Well, that's the voice you're hearing. It's Josh Adam Myers. There's no way you wouldn't know it was me. There's only one comedian that really has this level of gruff. But thank you for tuning into the only podcast where a comedian's going through Rolling Stone Magazine's list of the 500 greatest albums, and he doesn't know much, so that's why he's listening. All righty, subscribe to the Patreon. We need your support patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast that's where you get the full video that's where you can ask questions patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast if you listen every week and you don't subscribe man you're a real stanots stanots i heard a guy say that on the train the other day yeah you're being such a stanots all right what else is going on me i've got a bunch of shows guys um This weekend, I am going to be in Wilmington, North Carolina at Dead Crow Comedy Room doing two shows Friday and Saturday. Then, June 17th, I will be doing a goddamn comedy jam at Sony Music Hall. I forgot. June 11th and 12th, I'm taking over the comedy store. The jam on Sunday, shimmy on Monday. And June 29th through the 1st, uh, I'll be doing the Jacksonville Comedy Zone. My lips are so dry. I've been taking Accutane for my skin. I have no voice, by the way. Come to my shows, joshadamyers.com, joshadamyers on all social media. All right, Grateful Dead. This is our third Grateful Dead record, and we had two with Philly, who's the best. I think you're gonna dig this one. You might have heard of him, Senator Al Franken. Yeah, dude. Not only a, a former US Senator, but one of the funniest writers and comedians in sketch comedy, five-time Emmy winner, four number one New York Times bestsellers, including Rush Limbaugh is a big fat idiot and other observations, lies and the lying liars who tell them a fair and balanced look at the right, and Al Franken, giant of the Senate. He's won two Grammys, host of the Al Franken podcast, and his Midwest Values Pox supports Democrats and a host of other good non-political things. So you need to go to MidwestValuesPAC.org for more information. And you, we're going to put that in the, the thing. Whatever way you're listening to it, that support thing's going to be there because that's a lot of letters for me to read out. All right, this is a good one. Goody two-shoes, some say. Send us your ratings and reviews, and we will send you some merch. 
Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group run by Evan. And for all things 500, go to the website, the500podcast.com. Hey, I just got an email. And guess what that email's telling me? You're about to listen to number 261, American Beauty by Grateful Dead. Dig it. I don't know what was going on there. Hey, Al, do you remember meeting me at the Comedy Cellar? I had to, uh, I had to follow you a couple times. You and followed you, me. You you killed, and then I remember one time I went off on the audience. I was like, "I'm sorry, I'm not a congressman, okay?" <laughs> like, Senator, please. <laughs> well, no, I was I was going below. I was like, "I'm not even a local uh, local like just like politician. I'm just I'm just I'm a sorry regular you guy." Because because I would usually head over to the other place or go home. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Yeah, it's good to see you again, man. I'm I'm really stoked to uh, to have you on, and you know this is such a such a cool band. Um, you know to find out that you're. I a can't huge... believe the breadth of your what you're doing here, and of your knowledge of music, and what <laughs> as I was listening to your podcast, I was going like, I'm like your opposite. What do you mean? I'm like, I love the dead. And then I'm embarrassed about the lack of breadth of my uh, musical taste. I mean, I like Miles Davis. I yeah. like, you know, I like classic rock, of course. Uh, you know, I like country. I mean, I like a lot of what the dead do, uh, which is all of that. They do blues, they do uh, country, they do uh, folk, they do traditional. But, um, uh, it astounds me what you're doing here with these 500. Um, uh, <laughs> it's, I'm ready to quit every moment. He's ready to quit at every moment. Uh, I, sure, you're I not lying. Me and Jeremiah, too. me and Jeremiah have to talk after this because I'm like, <laughs> I, I just don't know if I can keep doing this, man. <laughs> Where I'm, are you? Where are you? What, how, what, how many are you at? Jer, we're so, five years this is in. 261 we're doing how many? right now. 261, so we're not even Oi. halfway through, Al. Oi. Yeah, and I when I it, you have to also understand. And, I think this whole podcast should be about what you're going through, <laughs> dude. It's, it kind of is. I mean, this it kind of is right now. <laughs> I mean, uh, man, because talk them into it, Al. Talk them into it. Well, what's it. what's interesting is is that like I'm embarrassed about my narrowness of taste. Sure. So I admire your breadth of taste, but. You may have bit off a little bit. Why didn't you go the hundred top albums? Hundred percent. It it. Well, I'll, I'll fill you in, and the listeners have heard this before, but uh, you know it, it's good to always refresh. Like, I had a buddy, a brilliant comedian named Angelo Bowers, that was one of the funniest comedians I've ever met. And Al, you would have known who he was by now because he would have written for SNL. And this isn't oh, just shit. me saying this. To the guy? He, he, we got into a really bad car accident. A drunk driver ran a red light uh, right in front of the Capitol Records building in LA, killed him. I almost Jeez, died. Fuck. And, and he, but he was like this music encyclopedia. 
And look, uh, you know, it's a heavy story, but a lot of good has come from it. And like, it's like I keep his name alive. And this podcast was because him and I would talk about music and he would make fun of me that I didn't know certain albums. Like I can, you name a band and I'm like, oh, I know them, you know, the Commodores. Oh, I know Brick House and, or I know this or this artist or that artist, but I never really listened to full records. And I went through an existential you know, it was like, it, it was just, I started asking questions in 2018. Like, why aren't I happy? And why is this? And why do I self-sabotage and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, I started meditating and working with this guru. And, and, and next thing I know, I was like, I just want to feel every day. And I want to, I want to experience something new and experience art because art moves me, especially music. And Angelo and I used to talk about this list. We used to argue over it because he would be like, uh -huh. this should be higher. And why isn't this on the list? This list is crap. But also well, they got a beautiful thing you're doing. It's a beautiful thing you're doing. Thank you. Um, God damn you. <laughs> you're helping out. You're helping. Well, I mean, Just, but, you I know, mean, money. He, he would want you not to go crazy, too. It's tough. You know what it is? It, it's it's also this, this is, is becoming much heavier. No, we'll get into this it. Trust me. Job. We'll lighten it up. <laughs> we will lighten no, this I'm, up. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, you know, heavy is good too. I love. I love. I hope you like. You're like. You know. I uh, I took some uh, <laughs> some family counseling courses uh, back in college, and maybe I can work you two through it. No, I love doing it. I, I'm not going to sit here and say I'd love. I've one. I've gotten a lot busier, but it's tough when we started doing the show and we were doing it out of pure love and it was exciting and it was great. And then Spotify came along and was like, we wanna pay you a lot of money to make this and we're gonna grow with you over the years. And we were like, this is gonna rule. Now we're making good money and Jer's making money and I'm making money and my staff's making money. And then the pandemic hits, we get to July and all the shit they said to us about growing it and numbers and this was just a lie. And the second they could drop the show, they did. So we went from no money, exciting, a lot of money and awesome to suddenly no money again. And we've had to build that up. And it's just, it's just time. It, it starts to get to where like, how do we grow this? How do we grow oh this bigger than what we have? Well, thank God you have me on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to hit a market for sure, dude. Yeah. We are hitting a market. Um, but no, it's, and look, I think this is the same thing. Like, well, I, the dead, of course, yeah. are huge and still have this enormous following of all ages, by the way. Uh, the last concert I went to, um, I'm going to one in St. Louis in June. Uh, the last one I went to was the City Field in new york it was their i went to their last one of the tour mm -hmm. and i was so amazed by the age range which was you know older than me which is old down to uh kids and every age and um john mayer i think is part of that yeah Dead I saw that. company uh, yeah but it's your um, buddy josh but their music i mean you see uh you know uh, 22 year old women twirling now and and you see um, that and, and it's the music and that's what it always was with them they they never had a top 10 unless I will survive no it, it touch was gray, uh, touch no, gray. touch of gray was the was the one hit that they had that was Which like, is on pop like radio. it's like 
yeah, it sounds like it too. It sounds like they went, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> Damn it, we got and, one. Yeah, and then and then when I run into someone who you know that's their favorite dead song, I go, ooh, ooh. no respect. Well, I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't. It's a nice know, song. It's a great song. I just don't think a lot of people really know their music. They don't play it on the radios. They that what what I thought, and you said it's about the music. I was actually going to say, I think a lot of the reason the dead is so big is they mastered the art of branding. Like that image of the the skull with the, with I think the oh, lighting. Oh, their art is amazing. It's amazing. And, and that was. Yeah, you're wearing it. And that's the. I'm wearing it. That's, one, that's like the Rolling Stone lips, you know, yeah. of like, wow. It's like. Well, I, it's more than, it was a lot more than that. But it all, you're right. It all flows into one thing. But if you. Uh, part of their branding was, are uh, is they do a different show every night, which so I love. you can so you can go to four. You know, if they're doing four shows in New York, you can go to all four shows. And they're you know not gonna mean? they're not gonna do, do they double up at least one one or two songs, or it's always a different set. It's almost always a different set, but they'll double something over the four nights, sure, but not much. And um, also, they, uh, you know, and some people, they're jam band to an extent. I mean, they, they're improvised. Every night is different. If and every night is real, you know, and you know, if you're, I mean, I've been, you know, on trains with like from, from Manhattan to New Haven, where everyone's going like, okay, last night they did this, 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 this. I'll bet you they do this, 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 and this. You know, you're on a car with all deadheads. Yeah. On a train. Yeah. On Amtrak from, you know, and um, all. But the taping is a big deal because this is a band that they encourage your fans to tape. And there's a tape section. There's an article in the New Yorker that if anyone's interested in this it, on on the Vault. Okay. And the Vault is where. I guess either the great tapes or copies of the greatest tapes are are kept. And what's interesting, it, so I'm I, I'm reading this article in the New Yorker, and I go through, you know, it's like really great article, and I'm at page five, and I go, huh, this is a long article. I'm at page six, seven. It's like a 23-page article on the vault. Yeah, <laughs> and and um. For example, the uh, there and these are all fan tapes. These are not board tapes. Maybe there's a board. I don't know. But the deal was like the best tapes capture the music perfectly, but are also in the crowd. So you capture the crowd perfectly. Yeah. And that's and and when you have done thousands and thousands of concerts with hundreds of people taping at every concert you get a lot of fucking great tapes sure and then 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 you got to add on their the, the the shows they caught lightning in a bottle because that wasn't every show no no i you saw know? them i saw them at bonnaroo uh yeah. when we were both performing at bonnaroo it was good 
But it was like my buddy. There was a guy that there Did were. They there. like you. I, I didn't get to meet him, unfortunately. I, I, I met. met your I, met I met. Oh no! They, God, thank God they didn't see it. Oh my God, <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> Did they like? Oh, you? I know. <laughs> I. I but you know, it was uh, there were like there were deadhead fans there, and they made up the whole Sunday show of of basically people what, that. What filled, year is this? This is two thousand and sixteen. Because I have the poster up here. It's the dead. The headliners were Dead and Company, Pearl Jam, and LCD Sound System, which is another band that I love that you mentioned. Uh, you know, you talked about how it's always an entirely different set. Like that's mm-hmm. that's one of the things I love about Pearl Jam and My Morning Jacket, where if you they're gonna play four nights and they're gonna give you a different set list every time, which is such a bummer when you see someone like Bruce Springsteen who's coming to Madison Square Garden and he's playing Barclays and he's playing these very close arenas. You're like, oh, I would go to all three of them, but he's literally doing the exact same set every night of the tour, and I I respect these bands. Like the dead, which I, I, it's just a, it's a different thing. Uh, Paul Simon, who I love, it, it, it's an interesting thing about Paul. He's he said he did his last tour, and I take him at his word a few years ago. But the thing about Paul, first of all, maybe the greatest American songwriter. I don't know. Yeah, he's so, definitely uh, definitely know. in the conversation for sure. Yeah, um, but his father was an orca- either an orchestra leader or an arranger, but I think an orchestra leader. And what Paul does, he, first of all, and he stopped touring evidently, but he didn't, he, we would tour like once every three years or four years, something like that. And he would have a lot of the same musicians, but some different, and he would have different arrangements. And uh, he would, uh, so, and and what was great about that was, and I was supposed to be talking about the dead here. No, no, keep What's going. What was great about Paul was that you could go to that show, you would hear the song you wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to hear the boxer, you heard the boxer, but it was different. Ooh. Arranged differently, but you heard the song you wanted to hear, yeah. and yet it was different. This is very different from what the dead did, which was... You know, uh, essentially, Paul did the same, you know, show every night. Mm-hmm. But Dead is, is just different every night. And there's a tremendous amount of of improvising. There's no improvising in the um, in Paul's shows. But but so, yeah, they're partly a jam band. And that's what a lot of people loved about them. Then there are other people who um, just don't like that. it's a it's a tough music no it's the same reason a lot of people you know when they listen to jazz they're just like man i don't like this and then you know and there's people that love jazz but then they get into the miles davis like bitches brew and they're like oh this is noise i can't even you know listen to this for a few moments it's it's just it's it, it they can go off on these you know 25 minutes sometimes 30 to an hour long jam in in the middle of a song and you know, and they might not do drugs or or they're just like, they don't see it. I mean, they don't see it even for what it is, which is the improvisation and the musicianship. Yeah, between I don't these think I've people. ever heard the dead do an hour, but they I've heard them do long, yeah. long uh, jams. But, um, you know, I I mean, and, and again, one night is different than another. And, and, you know, I've seen them. I've got to know them because I went to a lot, a lot of concerts. And I and also I, they did when they did SNL in 75. Uh, I got to 
Tom Davis and I were huge uh dead fans and we just made sure that they got to know us and we got to know them yeah yeah how did it start <laughs> and- how wait I don't, I, let's go take us there but how did it start like you know you're uh you know you're you're jewish i'm assuming that's how it started <laughs> we were acquired a temple <laughs> where are you from the rabbi was a huge dead dead. <laughs> yeah <laughs> baruch hashem alia acid <laughs> and you know the rabbi was a liar he told me jerry was jewish really no no, I'm <laughs> no um this is how it started i wasn't a deadhead tom was the deadhead okay and then uh, after I graduated from college in 73, we went out to Hollywood to become, you know, uh, to do comedy. And there was a show, you know, a dead show in Santa Barbara. I, uh, yeah, Santa Barbara. So that was my first show. It was an outdoor show. And that was it. You know, and, and, you know I'd heard some dead. Um, and But that was it. And then we just kept doing uh you know we go up to san francisco to winterland and do four shows in a row and you know do the whole uh there's a couple of good fun uh dead stories uh at winterland uh i think we went three years in a row 73 70 no like 374 two years in a row where we did four nights and i think it was a 74 show one of them i got the worst migraine a horrible migraine and I had to go to the first aid place uh, there at the concert, yeah. which was the, it was like, uh, not even air, like not air mattresses, just like, like beach, like something you'd uh, float on in a, you know, in a swimming pool. That's, that was where you'd lie down. And it was, and it was of no help at all. And, and so I'm there and then someone there recommended there was a hospital uh, two blocks away so i just and my wife now uh she wasn't my wife then but my wife now walked me to the hospital tom's watching the concert and they give me demerol Ooh. i don't know if you've ever had demerol oh i have but my headache was gone in two seconds. <laughs> sure, <laughs> and, and and all your childhood and it was fears like the and... worst yeah. yeah so then she walks me back and I listened to the rest of the concert and I don't, I didn't, I don't remember much of it. So that's one. Was that the first time that you had any kind of a party favor at a dead show? Oh, no. Okay. Good. good, <laughs> no, good. And, and it's the only time I, I got, uh, but when I do get migraines occasionally, it's uh, much, much less now. And I, I have uh, actual legal medicine to, Sure. Nip it in the bud, nice. and, and uh, it does. Um, Max Salt for anyone. And the Rizitriptin is the uh, generic official sponsor of the. Yeah, that's country. the. Uh, they're, they're actually. Uh, I got an you ad. Get them now. Them. Hey, this is Chris Santos, host of Delirious Nomads, the Blacklight Media Podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Delirious Nomads is a podcast about all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports. And me being a chef and all, we'll be riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. Yeah!
and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. Anyway, so um, there's a lot of good dead stories. Like like the last concert I went to, um, Bill Walton is a big deadhead. Yeah, very. Right. And um, I, so I've known Bill. I mean, you know, you, you run into, oh, here's a funny story. Um, so I know the manager of the dead and we were talking and he said that, um, when some asshole, like rich asshole was demanding great tickets, you know, in the seated section, um, close up in the middle and he was a real asshole. He, he'd make sure that he got the seat behind Walton. Yes. <laughs> what's what's Walt like? Seven two? Like six he's only like seven. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, the thing about him is, any concert you see him. So anyway, so he's at this thing, and he's noticing that I, I get up and dance for about ten minutes, and I sit down, and I sit down for a few minutes, and I get up and dance ten minutes, I sit down, and then he goes. At a certain point, he goes, Al, what's wrong? I said, I've had a bad back for about 35 years. I got surgery about 30 years ago. It didn't do really much good at all. It's been exactly the same, and I have to sit down every time. And he goes, Al, back surgery has changed <laughs> in the last 30 years. And, and Walton famously had this really serious back surgery about 13 years ago, yeah. which he's written about and it changed his life. So Walton says, I'll find you the best surgeon in New York. And he's in San Diego, of course, that's where he lives, but he goes to those guys in San Diego, who's the best. And he gets me, uh, this unbelievable, uh, he, he gets me a, a great surgeon yeah. at the hospital for special surgery. And I have the surgery. My back is fine. My back's great. Great. And so now you're dancing for for 20 I minutes. And then sit, oh, nice. How okay. many? How many? Well, I, haven't been, I haven't been. I'll see you in June because I haven't been to a concert since. How how many times have you seen the dead? I'd say in the area of 50. 50. Damn. Wow. Nice. Was there is there any one that really sticks out as like the like you said, lightning in a bottle? Mm. Mm. that's really an interesting uh of of ones that i was at certainly winter uh, you know winterland those concerts in the 73 74 well then then i went like later and that, that's right i went in the 70s a number of times those i remember you know maybe because i was young and uh but no no it's usually they catch lightning in a bottle uh, for a certain part of every show and you just go, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Yeah. And they did that. I mean, uh, mayor, um, I was going, holy shit, holy shit uh, at, at city field. I mean, um, you know, he, uh, it, it's interesting because when he first came in, everyone was skeptical, of course. And, uh, I think that's six years ago or five, five or six years ago. I mean, yeah, he was playing with them in 2016. So at least till then. Oh, he was a 16. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's grown into them. I mean, he's grown into them and, 
he's amazing. I think he's an amazing guitarist. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, it it I haven't been to a concert where it hasn't taken off in with him there. Yeah, and so um, so they can't they catch it in the bottle a lot, and and uh, that's what the vault kind of is about too is catching the bottle really catching the bottle i'm okay here's a story yeah there is a uh there is a, a, one one song that i love is althea and i don't know if you know that song but um it's a beautiful song and there's an althea they did may 1980 at nassau coliseum and it it's amazing and that's all i can say uh, but I would recommend that Nassau Coliseum. I think it's 80, May 80. So uh, I wrote a book uh, a few years ago and I was on the Dead Channel on Sirius and I interviewed both uh, Mickey uh, Hart and Billy Kreutzman, the drummers, I'm using a pen to show drummer. <laughs> and uh, And then... Bob Weir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep no, keep going. I want to. I want to uh, know so, what they all play. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so first I inter- interviewed Mickey, and I said, "Okay, there's this Althea from May <laughs> 1980 that is absolutely fucking amazing." And here's my question: Why, from then on, didn't you just listen to that and just? do that and he goes oh no no that's totally antithetical to our whole thing no we would never do that and i go oh okay so then i next guy i had uh interviews is kreutzman and i asked the same question he said no we don't do that we the whole point is spontaneity no we don't do that so then i talked to weir and i said okay there's this althea from nassau coliseum a and I said, why didn't you just fucking listen to it and do the same? And he goes, oh, man, it's not for one of trying. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly the drummers really didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And, but uh, I would recommend anyone listening to this, go to Nassau Coliseum. There, There's a few amazing renditions of songs that I love in that. Peggy O uh, is there's a garcia solo in that that's so beautiful and it uh and then um althea is fucking crazy well it's so funny you said that so we did uh jerry what was the first record we did by them work working man not working man's blues what was it working man's uh dead uh, yeah that's what we did that was the first record we did on this which truth be told al was the first uh actual dead uh album i had ever listened to Uh, I've told this story before, before I get into the next question uh, that I'm about to ask, but um, in 1995, the last tour for the Grateful Dead with Jerry, uh, that was, you know, I'm I'm 15 years old and I was really into psychedelics and somebody said, if you want to go do some LSD, they have the Grateful Dead camp out at Lake Forest Mall in the parking lot. (laughs) And I went and I had the most magical night of my life with all Jerry's last show. This is not his, I don't know if his last show was at RFK stadium. That might've been, I know that was the last, his, his last show was Chicago. Well this, but what I'm saying was this was his last tour. 
This was the last tour, I'm pretty sure, because he died in, what, 80, 95 or 96? 95. So, yeah, so it was then, and I, we camp out, and and it was just incredible. And as the morning comes and everybody starts walking to the to the hex to go buy tickets from the Ticketmaster, this hippie was just like, so you excited about going to the show? And I'm just like, and I'm just like, nah, I'm not going. I just came for the for the drugs. And the guy was like, you have to go. And then these all of these people were just like surrounding me, like, you have to go. <laughs> like, you have to, man. You can't miss this. And I'm just like, ah. <laughs> and and on the drugs, and you know. <laughs> but and I regret it. I regret it because Look, because you, you didn't go to the show. I didn't go. I didn't have any money, man. I was broke. I was a broke. They offered to buy me that, tickets, and I was just yeah, like, yeah. They offered to buy you fucking tickets. I know. I, but I was on drugs. I'm like, stranger danger. Like, please, <laughs> please don't hurt me. Uh, okay. Everybody's face was melting, but I regret it. I regret it. Of course. And so you know, I had a thing where I had a radio show on Air America, a political show for three years, and. The interstitial music when I go to commercial or come out was always a, a Jerry solo. Yeah. Part of a Jerry solo. And so I was doing a fundraiser when I was running and I walked, I'm going to a fundraiser. I'm going to somebody's house. And this woman who's probably at the time in her forties, late forties stops me. And she says, I listen to your radio show. And I listened to the to Jerry. I listened to Dad, and I, you know, I had thought they were like at, like hard rock metal, hard metal, heavy metal, or something. I didn't know what I thought. So I started listening to them, and all I can think of is, I missed Jerry. Wow. Hmm. Wow. I missed Jerry, and she had to stop me to say that. Oh my God. I mean, it's because it, it, this is the thing is like, even with, so I've, I've never listened to anything from the vault. Um, the working man's, what do you say? Working man's dead. Is that what the record is called? Yeah. I listened to that. Yeah, yeah. As you know, if you listen to stuff on the Sirius XM, they, they pick pretty tasty stuff. Yeah, and it's and it's always great. This was such an easy listen. Like, oh, especially yeah. we were coming off. We recorded another one earlier today of of Jesus and Mary Chain, and it's like it's just like this crunchy, like really loud, noisy record. And then this morning, you know, and I had been kind of dabbing and listening to this, but I don't really give every album like six or seven listens anymore. I just give it one really focused listen, and I pick out what I like, and I and because I always feel now it's like you sometimes you get it after the second or third listen but you might also get it right on that first and i put this on and i was just like my god this is just it's perfect music um isn't it beautiful it really it's is so this beautiful. well this was so let's the, talk about this yes yeah, well just to go off of that though this so we had and i'm assuming you probably have talked to him at the cellar phil hanley have you talked to phil of course yeah so <laughs> so phil did the first grateful dead record on here and anthem of the sun and it's anthem of the sun yeah 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 thank you i'm sorry um, so we did Anthem of the Sun as our first record and, you know, wow. which, which is, which is out there, man. It's, there's some mm -hmm. real out there moments on it. Uh, there's some good stuff, but it's, but it wasn't like this, not this. it's not this. And he kept saying, <laughs> but he kept this? saying, this is the record. This is the one that if you're going to listen to one of their albums, this is the one that you want to listen. Cause it's just great Americana. And it really is. 
Um, oh, you're talking about. I'm talking uh, about uh, what we're, do- we're doing today, American, American Beauty. Beauty. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. Th- this is like. You know, so he he wasn't saying the one he was doing. No, he was the no, one no. yeah, th- yeah, exactly. He was he was saying that that like this. You know, it's 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 almost kind of like um, I was ex- my buddy Angela was describing comedy, and he goes, "Some people are apple pie in their pizza. It's just very easy to eat it, uh, and you love it. But then some are radishes." Not everybody loves a radish, but he's like, I'm a radish. Like that, that other record, Anthem of the Sun, was a radish. It was, it, you had to listen to it and you have to have a taste for it. This well, was. Sometimes you also, there are salads. Yes. Where the radish is a nice, <laughs> and the album is a salad. <laughs> As opposed to a bowl of radishes. Sure. And this, <laughs> this, this is a nice, here, this is a, this has the elements of the radish in it, but it's more salad. It's got dressing. It's got some chives, some cheese, some bacon in there. Bacon. Well, this is, I don't know what this is as a food. <laughs> it's a beautiful, it's an amazing, Amazing, beautiful album. Do you think yeah. this you is do some of the history? Yeah. Let, so here, I'll, let me read this little skadoodle about it. So, we have okay. so much on this. We do. Oh, so, oh Jared, Jared, please try to we'll steer us. To in, yeah, try to steer us yeah, into the us, important stuff. You give us the history. Yeah. So this is this. Is the, I don't know history. All right. So. so this is the fifth studio album by the Grateful Dead. It debuted at, in November of 1970, just four months after their previous release. The album continued the full their previous release, which was which was what? live. Uh, Jerry, you got to look that up. I don't. Working uh, man's dead. Working man's dead. Holy is, shit! Yeah, and then okay, that's holy shit. Yeah, yeah. The releases four months after Working Man's Dead. It's crazy. Pretty amazing. Yeah, and so this that's a productive period. Yes. So this continued the folk rock and country music style of the previous record, both of which were innovative at the time for their fusion of bluegrass, rock and roll, folk, and country music. Lyricist Robert Hunter commented, we went back into American folk tradition, but being experimenters, nothing would do, but we would, but we try to reinvent that. Compared to Working Man's Dead, American Beauty had even less lead guitar work from Garcia, who increasingly filled the void with pedal steel guitar. Uh, this was the result of a prolific period of the songwriting partnership of Jerry Garcia and Robert Hunter. Robert Hunter frequently made use of motifs, uh, common to motifs. motifs thank motifs. you. Uh, common to American folklore. Illustrate. I'm an asshole. No, I, no, please. Uh, I'm yeah. and I'm stupid. <laughs> I'm stupid. And I'm an asshole. <laughs> okay. Common motifs to American are. folklore. Illustrate themes involving love and loss, life and death, beauty and horror, and chaos and order. Phil Lesh's father was dying during the writing and recording of this album, and Jerry Garcia's mother had recently passed. In his autobiography, Lesh commented. The magnetism of the scene at Wally Heider's Heater's recording studio made it a lot easier for me to deal with the loss of my father and my new responsibilities. Some of the best musicians around were hanging there during that period with Paul Kantner and Grace Mm -hmm. Slick from Jefferson Airplane, The Dead, Santana, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Crosby, Nash, and Neil Young working there. The studio became jammer heaven. Thank the Lord for music. It's a healing force beyond words to describe. So that is the little doodad that we have. Did I miss anything, Jeremiah, about what is... um, Well, the overview, I mean, them coming up in Palo Alto, which is kind of a mind bender. But yeah, in the Bay Area, I mean, that's super important. I think the origin of the name is really cool. 
Um, what is the origin? The name, What's the origin of the name? The, what do we the have? Name like, Dead they were the Warlocks. Dictionary. They, right, were, the they warlocks. were the Warlocks before. Oh, did they just find something in the dictionary? Is that it? They pointed yeah. to Jerry it? picked well, up an found old out, uh, Britannica yeah. World Language Dictionary, and in, in that silvery elf voice, he, had, he said to me, hey, man, how about the Grateful Dead? Uh, the definition there... Imagine was, if he had just, like, went... <laughs> Turgid. <laughs> Turgid. <We're... laughs> that's it. That's uh, it. I, that's the one I pointed to. And they're oh, tripping man. balls and they're all on. Yeah. <laughs> they're all just like, I guess. All right. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen. Turgid. Turgid. Yeah, um, I like the music. Yeah, but his name is terrible. <laughs> guy. This T-shirt, people. Yeah. Okay, enough, so, of, enough of that. We got we went through that. So, so what? <laughs> what is there? So, really, like, do we have a little history, Jer, about this actual record that you could find? Like, what's like? Because I've got, I've got a bunch, but I want to get to the real meat and potatoes of what this is. Um, because I have before, here it is. There you go. American, so listen, Jerry wanted the dead to do something like California Country Western, where they focus more on the singing than on the instrumentation. Uh, Robert Hunter said it was a surprise to us, as it was to everybody else. This machine-eating, monster, psychedelic band is suddenly putting out sweet, listenable material, which is, is a perfectly well-said sentence about to describe that record. Uh, American Beauty really is. I mean, it is. It is everything about it is just very, very sweet and and hundred percent listenable. Um, produced uh, after the discovery that the band's manager Lenny Hart had renewed their contract with Warner Brothers without their knowledge, and then skipped town with a sizable chunk of the band's wealth. Yeah. In between near constant touring and gigging, recording began only a few months after the release of Working Man's Dead without their regular sound crew who were out on the road as part of the Medicine Ball Carnivore or Caravan Tour, which the dead were originally scheduled to join. Instead, studio staff engineer Stephen Barncard replaced Bob Matthews as producer, a move that irks Matthews to this day. Um this album entered the Billboard 200, peaking at number 30 during a 19-week stay in January 71. Three years later, the album certified gold, then later platinum, then double platinum in 86, respectively. Uh, the American National Association of Recording Merchandisers placed this album at number 20 in its 2007 list of definitive 200 albums. And this is something cool that I always love doing every episode, uh, Al, is this is the third of four times we're going to be talking about The Grateful Dead. Uh, the first was with Phil Hanley uh, for Anthem of the Sun. Then we have Working Man's Dead, which is actually a few weeks before this one. We haven't recorded it yet, but we will be. And then and that came in at 264. And then this record, and then 1969's Live Dead. Uh, but on the 2020 re-rank, because this is the 2012 list, Working Man's Dead dropped to 409. But today's album rose 46 spots to 215, but the other two didn't make the cut. Do you feel like that order of albums on the list that we're doing? So the lowest is Anthem of the Sun. Then you have Working Man's Dead. Then you have American Beauty. And then the top one is Live Dead. 
do you feel like that is is the right order when we're talking about the records that the Grateful Dead have put out? It sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's on live live debt. I just don't. But you know, you want you want to hear them live because that's when they that's they they again uh, you know they catch lightning in a bottle in the studio obviously all the time too. Yeah. But live is like. That's what Phil said. There are moments that just make you go, holy shit. That's what Phil said. Phil said, he's like, the albums are great. This The album we're talking about today is incredible. It's one of his favorite records. But he's like, where the band shines is in that vault. It's at that live show. And you, you can feel that. And that's why people continuously keep going. I mean, you have people that have followed them around on the road for the last 30 years and will continue until yes. the day they die. Um, oh, my God. I, I, I As I get older, I... I lose names, but at one point, Bruce Hornsby filled in as keyboard. You know, they had a record of keyboardists dying and Hornsby came in and um, uh, the the Eagles drummer, Hen, uh, Henley. Don Henley, yeah. Don mm -hmm. Henley just hates, didn't like the dead. And the thing about, like, if you go to an Eagles concert, every fucking note is the same and they're great i love the eagles their songs are great a lot of them but if you i i only need to go to one eagles concert to get it every 20 years yeah okay? yeah, yeah that's that's right it. get and your I fill and i hear the same thing on when I, they just clear as a beautiful <laughs> <laughs> so hanley says why are you playing with the dead and um and he, he said, Bruce says, they're great. They're, 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 he said, come, come to a concert. So they're playing wherever they were. They're in Texas. I don't know where they were. And he said, Henley came up to him afterwards and went to his ear and said, it was even worse than I thought. Uh. <laughs> and, and I don't know, maybe they had a bad night or maybe it's just Henley, uh, you know, being a grouch. Uh, but the, the the yeah of course live dead will probably be the best because it'll be the most incredible versions of all these different songs yeah because if you just fucking that's what it is it's lightning in a bottle 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 yeah side two lightning in a bottle lightning, lightning in a bottle yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.
Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. We have a good quote from Bill Graham. He said at the Grateful Dead for their live performances, he says, they're not the best at what they do. They're the only ones that do what they do. <laughs> compliment? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a huge compliment. And it's true. They're original. Can you compare any other group? I mean, look at their, I, I think they've toured more than any group. In Definitely in the top top five or ten, for sure. I mean, they are they feel like they're always on the road. Um, you know, I mean, God, they're, they've made so much money i mean they're playing stadiums and i mean they played rfk yeah, but they've also lost so much money with mickey's dad <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, mickey's a great guy i'm sure he went but um they give money away too they give money away they're very charitable yeah i mean the rex the rex foundation does that i i part of that and they give they give money and very like they make sure that kids in poor areas of communities have musical instruments who who have you connected with over the years i know you mentioned a few of your friends but who have i mean obviously you're a diehard fan like what other uh people whether in comedy or in in the political spectrum have you been able to connect with over the dead well that's interesting because i i'm my 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 mind is going blank (laughs) bill walton's a big one cronkite Walter Cronkite. Go fuck yourself. Walter no Cronkite way. A, <laughs> I'm not I'm not kidding you. And he, he was a drummer. Cronkite. Cronkite. <laughs> no way. Isn't that funny? That's insane. Not expecting that. <laughs> I wasn't expecting out of everybody you were about to say. Yeah. You're like uh, Newt Gingrich. And, no, no. Yeah, that, well, I've heard that. Like Ann Coulter, uh, they're right wing people. No way. In the dead. Ann Coulter and Tucker Carlson, I think. Oh are, God, are both into the dead, which is <laughs> ah, yeah. no, 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 no. I have a list of famous. Well, there's some obvious ones here, but Bill Clinton, Al Gore, big fans, Will Arnett, uh, Adam Scott, Matt Groening, Josh. I believe oh, that. Cool. I believe that. Makes that. a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, Pat Leahy was senator from vermont um but i'm trying to think of who i see at con at dead concerts that um you know i go like oh he well and i don't i don't know my, my mind i'm drawing a fucking blank but um you know but uh, walton is is i think the the biggest in both both sides <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's in good shape he's it's tall have you have you been able to turn people on to the dead? Uh, oh like, yeah! Like who who are some of the the people in your life that you've that you made diehard fans? My daughter, really nice. Yeah, there's a good story about uh, involves this album involves Box of Rain. So we're at Giant Stadium. I think my daughter, like twelve or something, mm-hmm. and we got to stand be on the stage to watch the concert. And you know the stadium's full. It's not just people who sit in the state, you know, in the stands, but the whole field. 
Okay. So I don't know. There's 80,000, something like that people mm-hmm. there. So they finished the show. They, and it's clear they're, they always, they're going to do an encore. And so we're on the stage and guys kind of huddle and start saying, okay, what do we do? And my daughter says, could you do box of rain? And they go, and that's Phil's song. And they kind of go like, oh, we haven't played it in a while. But uh, okay. <laughs> and, wow. then, and they go out and they play, they start Box of Rain, and every fan knows the beginning chords of any song. They go nuts. So you, you have 80,000 people going, oh, God, Box of Rain. And he goes up on a couple with there's a lyric in it with words half spoken and thoughts unclear is one of the lyrics and he went up on that so he goes up on the lyrics and that's okay because he hadn't sung in a while and he went up in the lyrics so when i listen to dead like on sirius xm I'm listening to it one time driving along and I'm, I'm hearing him play box of rain live somewhere. And he goes up on those lyrics and I go, that was the one. Uh, that oh, was cool. the one that were my, and I mean, the thrill for her, for them to play it. And then for this 80,000 people just to roar because of the choice that was, you know, she, Ash, do you want to read the thing on this song? Because it's pretty good. I mean, it's sad. Where is it? Go ahead. It's I all can't... about Phil, Lash, Phil Lesh's uh, dad who was dying. Uh, Lesh wanted a song to sing to his father before he died. So he wrote the music and recorded it and uh, gave the tape to Grateful Dead lyricist Robert Hunter, who listened to the music a few times and then wrote the lyrics. And yeah, Lesh would lyrics. practice singing the song in the car the, on the way to the hospital. And he was able to sing the song to his dad before he died. Like this is some tearjerker stuff. Yeah, like it's yeah. yeah. I didn't I didn't know that. He said if a lyric wrote itself, this did as fast as the pen would pull, according to Lesh. Wow, that's beautiful. That it's is really beautiful. Pretty. Um, beautiful. you know, I mean, with that, it just makes sense because this is like this is a very it's a, this it's an incredible song. I I I couldn't like you, you know as soon as it was over, I started it over again. I'm uh, I'm tearing up at that story. Yeah, I, I should have read more. You would be bawling right now. It's like yeah. really sad. I don't want to go too deep. No, that's that's an amazing. It's beautiful. Amazing. It's really beautiful. The song is so beautiful. The song is so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Look I... out of any window, any morning, any evening, any day. Out of out of all of their out of all their studio records, is, is this your favorite? Is this like the one you know, not the not the live stuff, but like out of Anthem? I mean, because I'm just I only really there's I don't know how many actual studio records you know, there are by them. I mean, I guess so. I, I love Wake of the Flood. I don't know if uh, you guys know that one. Um, I mean, there's there's certain songs from every album even the ones that aren't their greatest albums where it's one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Well, let's do this one. If you want to go through them. Sure. Friend, of the, devil? Rain is, Friend is, of the Devil? Friend of the Devil is classic, of course. And uh, so this is Garcia. And I think somebody else is credited with it um, that I had not Dawson or something. 
It's well, this they are saying the song has evolved over time. John Dawson, Jerry, Jerry uh, has stated the version the band played in later years was inspired by Kenny Loggins' version of the song, and it's been covered live oh. or in studio by Bob Dylan, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Elvis Costello, Dave Matthews Band, Mumford and Sons, all artists that I can see kind of fall under the umbrella of what the of what the Dead you know represent and and that style of of Americana. Um, and the main theme of the song is that life of crime always sticks with you. That is to say, once you deal with the devil, you will always deal with the devil. Yeah. The song goes on to talk about the measures the narrator must take and all the things that he must endure misses due to his life of crime. Um, that, that's probably yeah, that, what, that's, that's probably what Tucker likes. <laughs> like, well, that, now that, that's just kind of like a, an ob, that's what the song is about. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That's very, it's very literal, but the, uh, David Grissom, uh, Gr uh, uh, Grissman plays uh, uh, mandolin on, on the song. Mm. And there's a beautiful one that just he and Garcia do uh, that people should try to listen to. If they're deadheads and they like that song, they do it. They have a drum, a little bit of a drummer on it, but that's amazing. And, and Grissman also does the mandolin on Ripple. I love the mandolin. Mandolin is a is an unsung hero in music. Like, I mean, REM made a whole career off of the mandolin. You know, mm -hmm. there was a whole album of just mandolin. Like, uh, what is it? Uh, Automatic for the people. That's uh, uh, what's their famous song? Um, Losing my. I mean that, and they just they were great. Uh, and you know, be truth be told, when I go to Guitar Center, when I'm dicking around on 14th Street, like I go to the guitar room, I always grab a mandolin. I'm a mandolin man. I'm not afraid to say it. Well, Grisman, Grisman is an amazing, and he plays on, as I said, on Ripple, and Ripple is probably one of their most beloved songs. And well, they um, then we have you have Super Magnolia. Is this in order? Do I have it in order? Or do Sugar, I have it? Sugar yeah. Magnolia. Yeah, Sugar Magnolia. Um, this is uh, this is a um, uh, this is Weir song. Yeah, Weir Hunter. Mm -hmm. And uh, which is unusual, uh, but this is Cajun. This is just like a Cajun rhythm. They even say, you know, this one of the lyrics is a Cajun rhythm. Well, dancing, ah, fucking four wheel drive. It's they're saying this is this is one of the band's most frequently performed songs and is divided into two parts with the coda coming along coming long after the song Not, proper when this is done live yeah tell me about it uh they kick the shit out of this live nice and people nice. dance like dance like the willies <laughs> you know and it's beautiful um to uh just be there when they play this and they 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 kill it they kill it and so when they do it, yeah, she can dance a Cajun rhythm, jump like the willies and four wheel drive. She's a summer love in the spring, fall and winter. She can make happy any man alive. So great. And uh, it's it's an amazing dancing song. And then they they play with it at the end. And Garcia, it's 
Yeah. If you can get a live version of that, the best live version of that, you you know, you can go to Spotify. I'm sorry that they fucked you over. Oh, it's okay. Um, but you can I, go still, to Spotify. I still pay $9.99 a month. I still pay for it like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the least they should have done is like, okay, now your lifetime. That's why it was. Exactly. It was some, no, but that was At least. That my agent said she put that in the contract, and yet every month I still see $9.99 gone. So. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm t- I'm getting off Spotify. I don't care about the other stuff, but this one. This All right, there you go. <laughs> Let's start a fight. Yeah. Start a if movement. you go to Spotify, <laughs> Dark Lord, and just put Spotify. in uh, Sugar Magnolia, they'll have like eight great Sugar Magnolias, and just listen to any of them. Go to the top one, the most requested, and and then just enjoy. Yeah, knock your socks off. What do you turn up loud? What All you, this is about loud. What do you think about Operator? It's it's not my favorite. Yeah, um, it's a nice it's a nice song. Um, uh, this the songs that really speak to me in this. Yeah, what do you got? Well, Ripple. You know, oh, another thing is I sing uh, Ripple and Broke Down Palace to my children, my grandchildren, uh, at bedtime. I love that. And um, I sing. I also sing. Um, uh, not, uh, there is a young cowboy, you know. Uh, T- James Taylor, sweet sweet baby James. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So those are the. I sing them. Sweet baby James, uh, broke down palace and ripple. To go to bed, and I tickle their backs, and you know, Grandpa sing the songs. And it's like my favorite, favorite thing in the world to do. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, Well, if you cried after, uh, you know, I was giving you the backstory on uh, Box of Rain, then uh, you don't want me to read the backstory on Rebels. (laughs) Or Broke Down Palace, actually. Broke Down Palace was about Jerry Garcia's mom dying. Oh, great. No, don't. (laughs) Cheer you up here. Cheer you up. Those are really great songs. When I... uh, No, it is... With, well with my kids, uh, when they're kids, I'm going to sing as they try to fall asleep a whole lot of love by Led Zeppelin. <laughs> just, just, You've been fooling. <laughs> well, not falling asleep. <laughs> we well, like to party in my household. Maybe that means they'll be able to sleep anywhere. Yeah, yeah right <laughs> at a bus station. Just <laughs> anywhere. Um, Ripple's, I really loved Ripple. Broke Down Palace, I really liked as well. Um, and, uh, and I mean, I just, the, the, the ending of this record, what I, what, what I really started feeling was just, it, I really didn't want it to end. And then especially with it ending on Truckin', which is okay. such a iconic song. There's, you know, you, you were talking about if Touch of Grey is like, was the big pop hit. Truckin' is one that, you know, I, I bet you most people would hear and identify. If you know music at all, you'll identify this as as a dead song. And it's it's just, it, it rules. Icon- you know, it's funny is that they never, maybe, maybe Touch of Grey got to be in top 10. But there were two songs that would have been in the top ten, but but because of a lyric in it, it got it wasn't. So um, Truckin' has uh, living living on Reds, vitamin C, and cocaine. All, all a friend can say is ain't a shame. Yeah. And 
So cocaine. Yeah. And then, and then uh, Casey Jones. That's the famous one. Yeah. Oh, so great. Riding that train. I don't know that. On cocaine. And so two two songs that would have been in the top ten. This is according to them. I mean, um, Makes sense. But they still play both of these songs. Like the, on, on 94.7 in Washington, D.C., which was like the classic rock radio station, I remember hearing this. I remember hearing Casey Jones. I didn't hear edited version of it because I thought that was so cool that they said, I mean, Christ, fucking uh, Eric Clapton had a song called Cocaine. Yeah. And that's one and of his, I, that's his hits. Classic. Right. I, yeah, it was, I think they did this earlier and they're also not Eric Clapton and they were the Grateful Dead and maybe in certain, you know. You want to talk about, Al, you want to talk about something? I One of my things that I do now is I go to see every show. I, if, if it's an artist that I that I respect, uh, I'm going to go if I have a night off. And so, I mean, and a lot of the old greats, like if the Stones are coming around or Bruce or Depeche Mode's coming or whoever, The Cure, I'm going. And uh, Clapton played Madison Square Garden and I went and man, that was the most boring show. Really? I had ever. Oh, he just... He did kind of like you were saying where he'll play the hits, but he changed everything a little bit like Paul Simon does. Um, but he didn't talk to the audience and it was just, you know, More he, acoustic. Was he it? did an acoustic section where he did like tears in heaven and he did um, some of the old blues, like the Robert Johnson stuff. He also did, you know, he did do cocaine. He didn't do Lay Down Sally, which I really wanted to hear. And then the worst part, I was at least hoping for him to go on like a racist rant or like, you know, just, you know, go, go off That's about sick. Fauci and the vaccines and nothing. He gave nothing. I was so upset. I was like, come on, man. You know, I thought that would be his encore at least. <laughs> just, to, just to really go, you know. That's too bad. Yeah, he's gotten uh, off the just politically in a, gone in a weird way. Weird way. But no, but he was like that in the seventies. Like I was reading articles about it, that he was, he was very opinionated about like immigration and in, in, uh, in England. And, and he would, he would say stuff like if, there, if there's any uh, people of color here and I'm cleaning it up, he would say like, I don't want you here. And you're like, Jesus Christ. Like it just, you know, God damn! You know you're such a great guitar player. Just shut your mouth. Like this, you don't. Have, we don't care. We don't need to hear what you think. Wow. So getting back to trucking, I just was looking at this. Uh, Bob Weir <laughs> talks about the uh, romance of striking out on the road. He says it was a rite of passage for young people in the '60s, and he said uh, trucking covers the dead's navigation through that rite of passage. We were starting to become real guys and really enjoying the hell out of it. He said, we toured more or less six to eight months out of the year. It was our bread and butter. We weren't selling that many records and we had a lot of fun out of the road. got into a lot of trouble. We left some smoking craters and some holiday inns. I'll say that. And there were a lot of places that wouldn't have us back. All of this is absolutely autobiography. Uh, well, there's one place where they get busted in New Orleans. What, do you, what, what happened there? Do you know? Um, it says uh, busted down on Bourbon Street refers to an incident yeah. in 1970 when the members of the band were arrested in a drug bust that netted 19 people in New Orleans. The group was in town to play two shows and the raid happened the morning after the first show in the French Quarter Hotel that they were staying. Lesh, Weir, and drummer. If you got a first. warrant, I guess you're going to come in as a lyric. Yeah. So that's great. It's straight out of their real life. Busted down in New Orleans. Out of a prop. Like a bowling pin. 
knocked down out. against the wearing thin. Out of approximately 2,350 shows that the Grateful Dead have played, 2,200 have been recorded. That's that's pretty Insane. impressive. Yeah, that's I don't what know. What the board tape and the others? I, that's weird. Well, this is well, just the fact that there's this much. I mean, you you and like you said, every show is different. You have you have 2,200 albums, which you you're figuring what they're playing 10 to 15 songs a set. Uh, you know, maybe less because sometimes the grooves go on a little too long or whatever. But yeah, it's like you're getting or they go on long. Yeah, you know, but you but you're getting like all the, you're getting so many different versions. I don't know if any other band is that prolific in like just having that much content out there. No, well, that's what happens when you improvise, and when you improvise, the things evolve, right? Yeah, and you discover stuff. And you remember that stuff, and it gets better. And it, and that is, you know, as a comedian, you know that, yeah, right? For if sure. If you're able to be loose and improvise, it's, you find stuff while you're on stage. Yep. And then you build your act, you get better, right? Yeah. And so they're doing that every fucking night. That is built into the show. We're, you know, we're going to take off here. And, and, it's not random. I, I've been to like, um, you know, like where sometimes they form little splinter bands. And I, I went to one where Kingfish, I think, was his group, Bob Weir's. And I went beforehand to the rehearsal. And my God, he, the distinctions he makes in rhythms and how to move from one thing to another this is it's not oh we're improvising <laughs> yeah. you know it, it's uh they they know what they're doing and don't know exactly what they're doing at any given moment it's exciting and they're in command but sometimes they're not in total command and it, you mind if i double down with two comedians on the question about improvising because obviously al as a writer i mean you did so much but like how much magic is in the improvised moments? Like that's so much. I mean, special yeah, stuff. I, I just to be for just before you answer, because I'd love to hear your answer. It, it's it, he he said it. You said it so perfectly. When you're loose and you're comfortable and you're confident, and you know, and you have moments. Not every show is like that. Sometimes you you get something might set me off, and I'm just not myself for the first few minutes. But when I walk up there and just having fun, it, it's like you can. You might not even do any material. I might just be, you know, get, getting something from the audience and then just going off on that. Um, and those are my, in my opinion, are my favorite sets. I love it when I don't go up there with a real plan. And most of the time, that's what I'm doing now, which is, you know, which is the best. And then it rooms like the cellar in the Village Underground where it's like it's such a good energy for comedy in there. It just makes for magical magical moments and what's so great now is you can record them and cut those out and and put them up or or you could just take that bit and then work on it until it's ready that's what i love yeah that's a process i'm i'm you know i'm first and foremost i think a writer and so i'm a little less improvisational than i'd like to be but i find again when i'm i discover stuff when i'm up there so and that, that stuff becomes part of the act and you know 
very valuable. Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. What I mean, to get to talk about? I want to talk about your writing, though. Do you, what, do you have any just incredible? SNL stories or because you know you're you were probably the greatest era of that show uh in my opinion and and I've always just like been such a huge fan of yours and um I know we had to focus on the dead but uh you, well, I met them when they came yeah what was what was that that's I mean cool. what, like do you have was it an interesting meeting when you're really running into them because it's also to, to be able to say that they that your that your daughter gets to choose a song obviously you become buddies with them which I think is really cool um so well I mean they they could tell right away I mean we're writers on the show so it's not a terrible imposition you know and also they're good guys they're just open guys yeah and and uh you know we're we know how to approach people i think sure and so we just we're just huge deadheads and you know we're so thrilled and well bonnie just start talking to them and and they're guys and and uh especially bobby and, and all of them i started playing racquetball oddly with kreutzmann no way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Such a New York thing to do. And, and then Billy Cobham uh, drummed with them. For, I, I can't. Was he drumming with them, or he was palling around with them? And he, uh, I don't know if you know, he's a drummer, and he's just so built. And I play with him. That was fun. But no. And then we did something very in in 1980. We did a thing uh, at Radio uh, Radio City Music Hall. Mm -hmm. And uh, we we opened for them, and they did an acoustic set, and then two electric sets. So our job was to introduce them, and then, uh, and I want I want you to go to the introduction of that and look at that. And it's just if you go to YouTube, it's Al Franken, great uh, Franken and Davis, Grateful Dead, Franken and Davis, Grateful. See if you can pull that up real quick. Pulling it up right now. And. Um, it's just us being assholes backstage <laughs> saying we're your backstage band <laughs> yeah. or let's go meet the band yeah 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 <laughs> and then and then the whole the whole point is is that we are asking each of the band members we, we're gonna go on we're opening for them we want we so first we asked jerry to introduce us <laughs> and i do it Tom does it while I'm picking up Jerry's guitar after it, and I'm handing Jerry some 
uh, barbecued ribs that I've just been eating <laughs> as I'm picking up his and I drop it. And there's, there's something with everybody in the band and, um, and then we get on and it basically, I don't want to ruin it for you. I think but... I have it. You ready? Yeah, yeah. Put a little bit on. I don't know if this is, that's it. Hi everybody. Welcome to a very special evening with the grateful dead. We're your guest hosts tonight. I'm Al Franken. Thank you. And I'm Tom Davis. And Al and I are both uh, backstage right now. And uh, this is where all the action is going to start very soon. Now, you see these uh, backstage passes that Tom and I have. Uh, these are very, very difficult to get. But we got them because we're a lot more important than you are. <laughs> but tonight, we're going to be your backstage passes, OK? That's right. So come on. Let's go hang out with the Grateful Dead. Come on. It's OK. You're with us. Come on. <laughs> It'll be fun. See how good they treat you when you're backstage here? Al, have you tried any of these ribs? These are fabulous. Oh, yeah. I ate right. a lot that's of them. For the band, that food. Hey, it's okay. We're with the band. Really? It's okay. <laughs> Relax. Come on. Let's go. Let's hang out with Jerry for a while before the show starts. This is going to be great. Oh, boy. I'm ready for a good show. Mm. Oh, Jerry. Let's go ask him. Yeah. Uh, we just don't have to say hi. It's okay. They're with us. They're with us. Come on in. It's okay. <laughs> hey. Hey. All right. Hey, you guys. with the weirdness. That'd be good. Hey. How are you guys doing? Huh? Well, we were trying to lay out the lineup for this. Oh, sorry. We didn't want to interrupt anything. We just thought we'd come back, hang out a little bit, say hi and stuff. You got any drugs? No. Uh, yeah, I was joking. I don't want to. Jerry. This is a beautiful, beautiful guitar. I wish you wouldn't say Thanks, <laughs> I am. I'm really sorry. Hey, man. Um, God damn it. Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. I, I listen to Jerry. Uh, we're, we're going we're on uh, this moment. We're going on stage in, in a couple minutes. Would, would you introduce us? Uh, I can play music, but I can't do any of that kind of stuff. Well, we don't want to. Sorry. Uh, how, about, how about you, Phil? Never for you people. Well, uh, Al, I think these guys are a little nervous before the show. Maybe we ought to understand give them a little space. Uh, these guys are wanting to <laughs> Okay, break a leg, you guys. Yeah, have a good show. <laughs> That's so crazy. Jesus Christ, we put the bug up their ass. Well, fuck them anyway. Let's go talk to weird, okay? At least he's a clean. Talk to like a real person. Bob, it's uh, Alan Tom. Hey, uh, Bobby, just between the three of us, we, Tom and I would like to say that we think that you're really the most essential member of the Grateful Dead. Oh, when you say so, Tom, no doubt about it. You know, when the girls get hot watching the Grateful Dead, they're not watching Garcia. It's this guy right here. Thanks. And Bob, we were wondering if you could uh, well, do us a little, uh, little favor. You see, we're going out in front of the crowd real soon, and we were wondering if you could introduce us. It would really help out, really help us with the crowd, you know. You introduced us. Well, I'd love to, man, but but my hair won't be done for like ten or fifteen minutes. Oh well, uh, we don't want your hair to be out of place. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. Thanks a lot. That's okay. We got. Uh, well, thanks a lot. Oh, we, we can take care of it. Okay. Same to you. Have a good show. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. No problem. Got what a prima donna. <laughs> well, look. Let's ask Mickey and Bill. They're you know they're the drummer. Okay. Okay. They'll do it. Yeah. Right. Okay. I had a real good time with them once. I hope they remember it. Ooh. Yes. Grateful that groupie. 
Hey, how you doing? Hi, my hey. name is Tom Davis. Oh, relax, I got some coke. <laughs> hey, what'd you do that for? I'm Mrs. Kreutzman, you pig. Oh, hey, I'm what sorry. What the fuck's going on, man? It's pawing me. Hey, I'm sorry, I didn't know she was your wife. Look, uh, what are you getting so uptight for? We can share the women, we can share the wine. Well, what's this all about, man? I mean, well, what's happening? Well, I, I was, uh, nothing. I was, uh, we can share the women, we can share the wine, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, Jack Straw. I was referring to Jack Straw. Jack Straw? Never mind. He never remembers any of the lyrics anyway. He's just a drummer. Well, you're a drummer too, man. Huh? No, you're I'm a, drummer. a percussionist. Hey, would you, a guys, percussionist. would you guys introduce you're a drummer. us? Hello, would you guys introduce us? Hey, Tom, Tom, forget it. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Yeah, I'm very so sorry, okay? Excuse me, I didn't know. I'm very sorry. Hey, this, this is really great, Tom. This is really terrific. We're going to go out in front of a Grateful Dead audience, and, and none of the dead will introduce us. That's just terrific. They're going to eat us up. They're going to be going, uh, I am the really these thirsty. guys? You know? I know, I know. I don't know. I'm thirsty, too. Hey, excuse me. Uh, would you go out and get a couple of cold sixes, because I'm going to go on stage, and I'm getting really dry. Oh, I would, <clears> but i got to go up there myself pretty soon. Uh, I'm the keyboard player. Oh, Brent, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, you know, your songs on the latest album are the best. They're a breath of fresh air, let me tell you. Yeah. Something different, finally. Really? Uh, Brent, we were wondering if you'd do us a kind of a favor uh, if, if you'd introduce us tonight. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah. To the audience? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, help mm -hmm. us out a lot. Yeah, sure. Okay, so, thanks. Frank and Dave. No, no, Brent. It's uh, Frank and, and Davis, okay? Frank and Davis. Oh, yeah. I, I got it. All right. Okay. Great. Okay, well, we're going to go on now, so let's go. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. Brent, okay. Main thing is just is tell the crowd that we've been friends of the dead for, for a long, long time. You know, like a lot longer than you have. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Say, uh, like, you know, we were there for the acid test with Ken Keasley and uh, Mary Munsters and, you know, yeah, Montana sure. Payas and stuff like that. Yeah. All right? Fine. Lay it on thick. Okay. Okay, let's go. This Thanks. is going to be fun. Oh, this is going to be, this is going to be great. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. Got it. We need this. Wow. Okay, you're doing, this is a big favor for us, Brandon. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're going to be going out there in front of all those dead heads, and it's like, Jimmy, don't stop. Yeah, we we got to do comedy in front of these guys, so, you know. Yeah, I know. Okay, go out there. Now, remember, sure. we're friends of the dead for a long time. Oh, this this is great, Tom. This is great. We're going out in front of the dead, the dead audience, and we're going to be introduced by Brent. He's been he's been with the group for about five minutes. This is just great. This is just great. Come on, let's go. He must be out there. Uh, sorry to have to do this. I don't really know these guys, and I don't think they're very funny. <laughs> anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Frank and Dave. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Uh, we're the comedy team of Frank and Davis, and uh, we're going to do about an hour of comedy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold it, hold it. We got this deal worked out with the dead, where the longer we're on, the less they can play. <laughs> See? Hey, hey. 
What? 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 You you don't want us to do an hour of comedy? Hey, listen. If if you people don't quiet down, we're gonna get off the stage, and the band will have to come on. <laughs> What is that? What you people want? What you want? You're genius. Okay, He's ladies and gentlemen, the Grateful Dead. Oh, genius. So God. Great. I mean, and that what was even more impressive. Was that all just in one take? Yep. I mean, uh, it's just you guys. That's that was that was. It's one real... take until you get to the. Of course, of we, course. We had actually taped this. Wasn't we had taped this at the Warfield in San Francisco? All the backstage stuff. And the onstage stuff was uh, at at Radio City. Wow! So oh, but we wow. did, yeah. That was one take uh, in the back, uh, all the way up to ribs and all. Stage. Dropping the guitar though, that's yeah. priceless. Now that yeah, I'm so you. I'm so on. glad we got to watch that. And what a what a great way to end this, man, I, dude. I, I can't thank you enough for coming on and and talking to us and. You know, we've got we've got more because we've got two more records. Like we will get you back for for Live Dead if you cut time because it was just so much fun. Um, sure, I'll. I, I mean, I'm sure what they picked. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure I love every. Perfect. We'll figure it out. Uh, promote oh, away. Anything you want to promote? What do you have going on? Are you on? You're on tour right now, or? I have been on tour. I'm not. I, I'm kind of ended a phase of the tour, and I'm coming back doing a few shows um in in the next uh couple months uh not sure the dates to tell you the truth but okay. uh, the, the al franken podcast airs... is where june 7th uh, uh is where uh you can hear me i talk mainly about um you know uh current affairs uh, public policy i do a lot of public policy yeah and uh but then look at what's happening this week for example, I'm sure this week we'll be analyzing what happened in, in New York here with the uh, um, the charges against Trump. And uh, but I, everyone's I, it's a little eclectic, and, and very often I have comedians on. I uh, Chris Rock and uh, you know I have Conan and yeah letterman a couple comics yeah (laughs) just just, heard of them yeah Uh, sarah silverman yeah (laughs) you know uh, folks like that and uh yeah and i really enjoyed doing it and it's uh it's an interesting way to do a show because i am a comedian i was a senator so sometimes i know um some stuff most comedians don't know yeah about current you know about the way things are working and sometimes um i you know i'm funnier than a senator (laughs) that's for sure for damn sure than a policy person sure talking to um so we try to make it fun and uh so see i'll prank a podcast you can remember that we'll promote the hell out of it i forgot to ask you we ask all our guests these questions and uh and i would love to find out yours what was your favorite song on this record on this record yeah um i would say um broke down palace broke down palace what was you you mentioned it earlier but what would be probably your least favorite maybe one you might skip over uh let me see either operator or or uh man but i'd say operator okay probably. um can you have sex to this record uh, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. 
And what w- what would be your elevator pitch to get somebody that's never heard this record to be able to listen to it? What would you, what would you say to get somebody to listen to this? Get your building to play this stuff in the elevator. No, what would um... <laughs> my elevator pitch is? Uh, I swear to God, uh, you're just gonna. This, this is one of the most popular albums in history multi-platinum for a reason it depends it depends what kind of music you like but if you like um you know beautiful uh kind of west coast country uh rock this is this is it but uh this is one of this is a classic classic album and it's a classic album for a reason I completely agree with you. I'm really excited to start becoming a fan of the Grateful Dead and I'm going to make sure that I see him the next time they're around. But, but from, from, for you coming on, this was such a pleasure, Al. And I I can't thank you enough. Trust me. We, we're very, very happy that Emily was able to contact your people to get you on. And you have, you have an open invite to come back. If not for the dead, for any band uh, that you might out of the six bands that you're, (laughs) you're a fan of, you can do all six of them. You, you just had me do an Eagles one. And I'll go. It's the same every yeah, yeah. fucking time. <laughs> done, <laughs> done, dude. Dude, uh, thank you, buddy. Short episode. Uh, uh, well, well, thank you, guys. This is great. This is a lot of fun. What did I tell you? What did I tell you, Senator Al Franken? On all social media, find him at Al Franken. Go to his website, alfranken.com. Listen to the Al Franken podcast and check out his POC, which supports Democrats and a host of other good things. And we have the handle on the way you're listening to this. Go to midwestvaluespack.org. Now for new music, we have Court of Us. You're listening to the song Rain on the Rail off their 2020 album, Destiny Hotel. We're putting the link on the 500podcast.com. And uh, send us your songs and we will play them. We got an email. It's 500podcast at gmail.com. Send us your songs and we'll play them. Next week, Willie Nelson, Stardust. Stardust is one of my favorite songs of all time. How do you think I'll feel about the Willie version? I like the Nat King Cole one. Who knows? You got to tune in. We'll see you then, bud.
Satan, drugs, therapy. It's not just the list of what I'm up to this weekend. I'm comedian Kiki Anderson, and those are just a handful of the taboo topics I've poked and prodded at so far on my podcast, Indecent, the show where we peel at the wallpaper of polite society. Each episode digs into the dark underbelly of our culture to dissect the things we aren't allowed to talk about around the dinner table, featuring conversations with comedians, activists, journalists, academics. They all help me figure out the who, what, and why behind what is and isn't acceptable behavior. Indecent with Kiki Anderson, where NSFW meets LMAO. Mwah. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week, I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday. Next Chapter Podcasts.